We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football fan and NFL fan. I'm your host, Dave Monaco, and you can find me on Twitter at StayFunLaco, and I am joined by the one, the only, the at FF underscore Travis M. Travis May, how are you doing? Doing great. Just uh, pumped to talk some more football. Uh, it's what I do nonstop every day, pretty much at this point. So I love always uh, pumped to look ahead and talk, talk about future NFL drafts prospects. And yeah, it's been fun just working on some uh, mojo uh, market pricing and things like that as we uh, get set to release. I'm hoping, you know, around 300 more college football players sometime here soon. I love it. Uh, speaking of college football players, that is kind of where we're going to head with this episode. I, I do want to start off um, just kind of after a couple of weeks since the draft, kind of see where you've landed on some of the big names. Uh, see if you're rankings have moved at all i know mine have um and then after that we're going to kind of get into the next big thing we're going to talk about some future nfl stars i know a lot of people have uh, dynasty drafts including debbie and c to c and i'd like to ask you about that too um but a lot of us are kind of in the middle of that which is crazy i know because it is uh, only may 15th and we're already drafting and i love it um but uh but we need to know who to be looking for, especially once you get outside like the first round, if you're if you're in a deeper draft and you're looking at some of these young players in college that maybe we haven't heard a whole lot about yet. I, I was just wondering who is the next big thing at wide receiver, at running back, whatever it might be. But I think today we'll focus mainly on the quarterbacks, which will be fun. Um, so a lot to get into. I'm really excited. Travis, where have your opinions changed the most Um as far as a rookie draft for this upcoming season since the NFL draft took place, what was it, three weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's not been uh, very many huge surprises or shifts for me uh, value-wise. I think oftentimes we can't overreact to certain reaches in the NFL draft, and there's been some great work done in recent years on on how, you know, just because a player gets reached for, quote-unquote reached for, uh, you know, given our pre-draft uh position on them uh, by round or more and doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to hit for fantasy football purposes or actually hit for real football purposes at all 
Um, and so I'm, I'm trying not to overreact, but also take in the new information and, and uh, objectively, you know, build out some projections for this season and beyond. Um, and and, that, and that's what our team at Mojo has been doing with these r- rookies just building out and, and adjusting the career projections for all these guys. And, right. um, and that's been an interesting exercise as we try to weigh, uh, you know, what's truly important, like how much true opportunity is there for each individual, like individual player. And we've had to kind of adjust uh, just collectively as a community, I think uh, more so on anyone than any, uh, any other player, perhaps uh, being uh, Jonathan Mingo, because uh, right. it's funny. Yeah. I, I was looking back on mock draft data and he was like, you know, projected to be a outside pick 200 as of like the end of March in terms of real draft capital. And then yeah. the draft comes around less than a month later, he gets a little bit of buzz, you know, in the week or week and a half two or whatever before the draft. But to be pick 39 after having zero buzz for basically the entire draft process was pretty wild. Very, very much so. Very much so. Um, and he's kind of um, trying to think most of the drafts I've been in uh, are Debbie depleted. So he's going very early yeah. in those, obviously. Uh, and these yeah, Debbie depleted. Like early second. Yeah. In the Debbie depleted like ones, yeah. he's going top four you know because it's like yeah. zay flowers and some of them and maybe um dalton kincaid of course if, if it's a t- tight end premium but he's going really early so um the fantasy community has pretty much settled in on anthony richardson being qb1 which i personally disagree with i'm curious um i don't think you're surprised at all i don't think either of us are surprised to see that people have him there but do you have him there or have you moved have you kind of since the capital was there on, on draft night, have you moved him to number one or is he still behind uh, Stroud and young for you? Uh, he's still behind uh, Stroud and young. And it's not necessarily because I, I think he can't hit or anything. And yeah, I, on several shows throughout this spring uh, I've, you know, people have asked me about him and I've just been honest. Like I look, he's got the, the, the most ridiculous physical tools and he could hit, but he has like the worst passing profile of any first round pick you know, in the last 10 plus maybe years, maybe ever, you know, so um, it's just objectively recognizing, you know, his, where he, where his flaws are. And, uh, but I, I, I just am not really there. I'm not going to get there until we actually see it. <laughs> and unfortunately, if that means I miss out on him and he actually smashes and does really well, I'm okay because um, this, we're probably never going to see another Anthony Richardson. We're never going to see somebody do what he did physically uh, mixed with the, horrible passing profile and actually yeah. get uh top right. 10 top five you know nfl draft capital so i'm not there uh just yet you, you kind of have to at this point at the very least rank him uh, as your quarterback three i think any anything below that is um you know you're o- either over relying on the analytics or uh you're just uh trying to be hot takey because <laughs> i mean right. honestly like even post capital um the most nerdy modeling would still say that even like hinden hooker uh, might even have a, have a better projection <laughs> career uh, by the numbers. Um, but that's obviously, in terms of short-term opportunity, not going to be the case. So you just kind of have to lean into the opportunity that is at hand for Richardson. And you're probably not taking him any later than pick four or, or five if, if your team really, if your league really doesn't like him. Right. Man, uh, and I think that's I think that's right. That's kind of where I am as well. Uh, it also looks, um, let's just kind of move over to uh, wide receiver here because I mean I don't think anyone's surprised that Bijan has landed one. Uh, although no. I, I, I mean it's got it, it seems to be um, Bijan, Gibbs, 
Um, and then Charbonnet usually what going at the end of round one. And then it's kind of, you know, every league seems to be really different. Who do you kind of have after those first three? Um, do you like uh, a chain, a chain <laughs> for be. you? Yeah. In fact, in some of my leagues, a chain has been valued higher. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when I was doing those mock drafts via Twitter, he was like right there. So, uh, HN, I think is, is probably the consensus, uh, running back three in the class, uh, or is it going to be that once the games start rolling? Cause we're going to realize, Oh yeah. Uh, the backs at Miami, while they are fast, they're also fragile. <laughs> and, uh, he's going to be the kind of feature, uh, by mid season for that offense. And it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to see a player that, uh, you know, peaks consistently above 22 miles an hour in game, uh, you know, ha- ha- just be really explosive. So, and probably have a really um, strong rookie season. So for me, um, he's wow. not so, close to Gibbs, but he's he's running back three. And you would probably have him closer than to middle of round one, it sounds like. Would you have him ahead of Zay Flowers or um, like a like one pick your favorite tight end, Dalton Kincaid, most likely? Would you pick him ahead of those two guys, or is that kind of just team dependent for you? I would have him ahead of uh, Kincaid, despite what uh, all the buzz here recently would say about Kincaid being the next, uh, you know, insert awesome. Are we the NFL only two people? Are we the only two people who are not all in on Dalton Kincaid? It seems that way, but I think that there are a lot of people that aren't. Um, okay. I mean, I, I think he's going to succeed. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't think he's going to be um, some elite difference maker, especially like from day one. Uh, mm-hmm. For fantasy pu- for fantasy purposes, or even real football purposes, I I, I think he'll have a pretty high snap count because um, they want to run more twelve personnel, and uh, they drafted him highly. But I just don't know how uh, we set the bar so high for these first round tight ends. I think there's there's more outcomes than not. He's going to disappoint those who are really amping him up. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I would put him behind all the first round wide receivers, behind Bijan, behind Gibbs, behind the top three quarterbacks. But then after that, uh, A chain's right there. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, when it comes to the uh, kind of the mid to late round two running backs uh, here, I'm going to be talking about Roshan Johnson, uh, Spears, Tank Bigsby, Chase Brown, Zach Evans, those guys. Who do you like? Is there any one of those guys that you like more? Is there any one that you kind of have a stand on? Or is it, in your opinion, just pick whichever one because they all need a, a lot to break their way to have it work out this year? <laughs> Uh, later on running backs, I'm not sure we're going to see a, um, an Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco type, uh, breakout, <laughs> uh, this year that, that might be the case. Maybe we get something out of Zach Evans. Um, and that would probably be the, the long, longer shot play you know, among the late, late round guys. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, I've seen reaching for Roshan Johnson, assuming that, you know, because they had him pre-draft as a running back four or five, he's going to be this guy that uh, comes in and uh, just pushes everyone else out. Um, and I know the talent isn't crazy there, but he's also not crazy himself. Like he went around four for a reason. And even yeah. then that's probably uh, a tad early for given how he profiles. So um, I just watch it with reaching for, you know, the round four ish, five ish guys <laughs> this year. And yeah. if you want to take a flyer on Evans, that makes sense. Cause we just understood he had off off field stuff, but um, the talent's always been there. Uh, but Bigsby is, is being overlooked in, in a lot of drafts, you know, dropping, to uh, late round two and rookie uh, consensus um, or even beyond because <laughs> yeah. people want to uh, go after some wide receivers and all five quarterbacks and like four or five tight ends. And before they even consider a uh, tank and 
uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really there. I think uh, Bigsby probably still has a really solid shot at uh, significant work. You know, he's, ETN can't take uh, 400 touches. So it'll be interesting no, to see the so. split there. By the way, I am rocking my Jaguars hat. So represent. Oh yeah. Uh, your Chester Tito hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Chase Brown is another guy that I like to, if it's a deep enough draft, I'd like to leave the draft with him. Cause I can get him with one of, you know, and get him with a late third, early fourth yeah. usually. Um, and it's probably not going to happen, but you know, for all these guys, you can, you can write a story about how it ends up working out. And I think because you and I have been talking about these guys for three years now, um, I think maybe we, yeah, exactly. We could see the potential to greatness maybe more than others can. Like we also realize the historical trends that, you know, being a day three running back probably isn't going to lead to much. But man, I've seen Chase Brown play. I, I, I could, I can just envision him, you know, still wearing <laughs> orange and uh, absolutely dominating, you know. So uh, there, there's a story to be told. Um, we've got a lot to get into. Let's hit a quick uh, break and then let's uh, let's talk about some of the these future stars. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Before we jump into the next big thing, Travis, can you take just like a couple of minutes and talk about some of them these different formats that we're going to be going through? Uh, some people might not yeah, know sure. what Devi or C to C is, um, sure. so if you just want to take a couple of minutes, I know a lot of people listening to this listen to us for that reason. So <laughs> most of you might yeah. know, but just in case, yeah, it's interesting. Just because like every kind of football podcast. Um has their own kind of niche and uh like i feel like we do a lot of kind of real football analysis and then like throw in some fantasy football stuff um and, and i don't know some shows are like one or the other like we're, we try to be both but i uh, realize that i uh, recognize that not all of our listeners recognize uh, you know what uh c2c or devi or any of these odd league formats that we talk about are uh but just this, this kind of frames of how we kind of view these players and where we're drafting these players and you know, so Debbie, of course, you can roster college football players before they're in the NFL, but 
you can't actually get the fantasy points for those players. And C2C leagues, you can actually have a full college football fantasy roster and get points and win a championship on the college side as well as on the NFL side. And when they graduate from the college league, or might as well say league, uh, from the college ranks up to uh, the NFL, they're automatically on your team. And so I'm, it's fun. Like it's funny just trying to think about uh, like a normal dynasty league anymore because I don't like really play in any of them. So I don't even know. Like, right. <laughs> like I, I play in a couple normal ones, and then I have to track a bunch of cons- consensus data elsewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, we're just going to be talking about today uh, the next big thing that you might have in your CDC leagues or Debbie leagues, or you know, just some names to put in the back of your pockets for future ra- uh, rookie drafts. Um, or just, you know, uh, just to take a, a look ahead the future just because you want to root for some players uh, that might be on your real NFL team in the future as well. But, uh, and Stapon, I think you had some questions uh, about a bunch of these uh, incoming 2024 and beyond prospects for me that we can get into. Yeah, and I want to kind of focus today on the quarterback position. I think um, it's always a lot of fun. Usually when you're in a Debbie or C2C league, it, it is super flex. I mean, I, I, I'm in... Who knows how many leagues and every one of them is super flex. So, so quarterbacks have a lot of value. They also carry a lot of value because they have the longest careers. So I want to talk about quarterbacks specifically. Um, And what I'd like to do is kind of start off with what for, for a lot of people they are already going to be in Debbie depleted leagues or in college, you know, you're looking at incoming freshmen sometimes or, or players coming out of nowhere. And, and lately we've seen a couple quarterbacks come from nowhere or seemingly nowhere. We saw Joe Burrow do it. We saw Anthony Richardson. I mean, people had an idea that it might happen, but not the the skyrocket that it was. So I'd love to hear like, what are some traits that we should be looking for um, in some, some players who haven't broken out to that level yet. And then maybe you can forecast uh, a couple ideas of, of, possibilities who 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 might it happen to of course the hit rate's going to be low otherwise people would all be over them already but um i'd love to hear just a couple of names and i'm going to ask you about a ton of players so uh, first things first what are you looking for when you're trying to um imagine or or predict someone who might uh have a breakout season yeah, in, in terms of breakout season, we can get into that. But I'm just realizing that, you know, the NFL, despite all their progress in moving towards prioritizing uh, top-tier analytical profiles and uh, proven, accurate, consistent passers on a large sample, um, you know, they've, they've gotten better at, at making the right quarterback selections over the years and, and not wasting first-rounders on, like, E.J. Manuel. And, uh, you know, sorry – if, if you're yeah. listening to the podcast, EJ, but uh, you know, guys that just don't really check a bunch of the boss uh, boxes analytically as much as they made progress, they still will just go for traits. Um, it had been a few years since we saw like a, just a hundred percent pure traits type play, uh, you know, prior to Anthony Richardson. Cause you know, even the guys in the last two or three drafts that weren't perfect uh, analytically speaking, um, they were close to uh, you know, first round or top, top end first round prospects, but Anthony Richardson uh, was the exception this year. Cause like it had been really since Josh Allen and maybe da- Daniel Jones, uh, you know, who were really mobile, uh, tall. They look like the part type prospects that had, you know, no defense for their analytical profile succeeding. Uh, but you know, th- those guys have succeeded anyway. Uh, Josh Allen did. Um, and Daniel Jones did to an extent, I guess, but for the most part um, you have to get 
pretty to get early capital you have to have to have a pretty good analytical profile so that's that's huge um and if you don't have like a 90th percentile plus season it's really hard in, in this day and age to get first round capital um because like even like bryce young cd stroud they were like 95th percentile plus guys from a passing perspective uh, right. richardson was not but levis also wasn't and he was the guy who fell and uh, that that should be more um common as we go in the years that that come so Yes, uh, teams really value um, the analytical profile and advanced level accuracy from quarterbacks, uh, but they also really value dumb traits that are almost un, unfindable, like un, un, unmatchable, uh, uh, almost not and non-existent. Um, and so, I give I'm us just, an example of something like that. Just like the the ridiculous arm strength that you know, if you can throw it like. You know, a hundred yeah. yards. They, they're still sucking for knees. that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like from your knees, throwing it a hundred yards. They're still <laughs> yeah. unbelievably so uh, a sucker for that. At least a few GMs are uh, in this league, and a lot of people were talking up Will Levis like he had that arm strength, and that was going to be enough to get him drafted. Uh, but he wasn't uh, mobile or fast enough, or quite elite level at, uh, athletic enough to overcome the fact that he was not a perfect passer, uh, yeah. to say the least. Um, but so it's still good. got him second round draft capital. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and so you got to, it's funny, but like you kind of, you can't, unless you're Bryce Young, you also can't be short. <laughs> like if you look right. at the average height of most uh, starting, starting NFL quarterbacks, little and early draft picks, like it's funny. You cannot be for the most part below uh, six feet tall. So like as much as I would want to get pumped about like Chandler, Chandler Morris out of TCU, like the dude is like 5'11 and 175. So <laughs> he's not going to be an early round selection. Happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I just look for a bunch of threshold tests, whether it be, um, uh, you know, the the advanced metrics that I use, or uh, simple things like height, uh, or implied, uh, you know, in-game speed. Which there's different ways to measure that, um, or even have sources that that can help you identify that. That uh, may, uh, you know, hint at NFL teams wanting a player for their upside and mobility. Um, and there are metrics that measure that as well, but. Uh, all, all to say, there, there, there are so many things to look for when it comes to quarterback analysis, and I think that's why it's most popular. Like, I, and every single show I went on this year, I think we kicked off things talking about quarterbacks first because yeah. that's just what people care about. That's what people want to talk about. That's what they want to hear about. They want to know, you know, who's going to be the next signal caller for the next fifteen years in the NFL. Yeah, it, and for good reason <laughs> in these super flex leads, uh, especially. I mean, we we all know like Caleb Williams and Drake May, right? Like that's uh, our one and two. And going beyond that, um, oh wait, no, before we, before we jump into that, um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on regarding, uh, some, some things to be looking for? Um, do you think it matters yeah, so- like transferring onto a new team? Like we see Alabama just brought in a new quarterback, Tyler Buckner. Like, is okay. that something that identifying you- breakout seasons? Yeah. yeah. Changes in offensive coordinator is huge. Um, not necessarily being like a first year transfer. Cause like the first year transfer doesn't always absolutely go off in many cases, like your burrow example, like it, it's more like a second year, but you know, a shift in offensive coordinator or, um, returning production from uh, key positions and returning offensive coordinator, like in you know, returning everything key back after you just had like an 90th percentile or 80th percentile season. Um, uh, like you're just on the precipice of something special, that kind of deal. Um, that's what I kind of look for. So whether it's a new, um, you know, pass happy or pass friendly offensive system with a bunch of returning players or returning a bunch of players and keeping the offensive system after, 
you know, already having a, an above average analytical system uh, or season rather. Those are the things that I'm looking for. Cause like if you're close and, and you're, you know, year three or year two uh, to meeting future NFL prospect standards for first round draft capital and you return everything or you get just one more variable that says, Hey, maybe he's going to take the next step. Um, oftentimes that's the scenario where you see a player take the final necessary step to get that early round draft capital. Like even it, it may not even be first round draft capital, but it may be like, um, you know, even in a weaker uh, quarterback class, like, uh, like Desmond Ritter, like he, he was sure. so close, like even, I don't know, I like guess a true or Richard sophomore, I guess. Um, like he was so close to those thresholds and then he came back for another year and he was so close to those thresholds that we like to see. And then he had that final season and he was just above the NFL thresholds that we like to see for early round draft capital. And lo and behold, he gets at least a two cap and it looks like he's going to be the starter this year. So even identifying players that might not stick, um, uh, or might not get uh, you know first round gaff, uh, draft capital. They're at least good enough to be in the mix for day two, which is pretty much the minimum that you you got to look for for uh, quarterback hit rates. So you know just just a few things. Just look for all the surrounding pieces, not just the player themselves. Yeah, uh, a, a name that came to mind when you were talking about that 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 I'm kind of curious about is, is Jordan Travis, um, mm-hmm. and, and if he could make that. But we'll we'll get into specific players later. Um, great. What, what else, uh, what else do we need to know before we kind of jump into these, uh, these quarterbacks here? Let's just do it. I think we'll probably go player, probably, uh, prospect by prospect player by player. And I get into some other examples for sure. Yeah. So, so let's, let's start with a, we don't have to start with the first two because everyone knows them. Caleb Williams, Drake may who in your opinion should we kind of pencil in as someone who could make the jump? I mean, maybe Quinn Ewers is already there. Um, what's kind of assumed that he's going to be the starter now. I think he was um, penciled in as a starter or maybe even Sark maybe and actually just said it. But um, yeah. after the kind of those, those guys, who's someone that you could really see making a jump um, to that next level, maybe making, um, making a push. I, I remember last year when you were saying uh, some of these guys' names, like I remember you me- mentioning Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, like guys that no one was really talking about. And you're like, I could see them getting first round draft capital if things uh, go their way. And, and lo and behold, I mean, if Hendon Hooker doesn't get injured, he's a first round pick yeah. too, you know? So, so who exactly. are some of these other names that we can, or, or should be on our radar or if we're drafting in Debbie, maybe we take a, a flyer on them uh, a, a little, you know, a little late. Well, when you talk about the, uh, all these surrounding pieces that are there uh, for a guy to succeed, uh, I think it has to be Quinn Ewers, right? <laughs> Out of Texas. And uh, I'm apprehensive to say, you know, Texas is quote unquote back. Uh, Cause I think every time we do, they are not. Right. But um, if they're going to be ever, uh, this might be the year uh, that they're back. Um, so Quinn Ewers, if the if the version of Quinn Ewers that uh, played against Alabama uh, comes out and plays this year with all the weapons that he has uh, for an entire season, he's going to be a first round draft pick because yeah. he has all the tools. Uh, we knew that he was a you know a, an elite prospect even coming into college. He was you know basically the one of the best, if not the best, uh, prospect a recruit coming into college ever, at least by consensus. And so uh, he goes to Ohio State, transfers to Texas, and now he has uh, Xavier Worthy, who might be one of the fastest wide receivers in the country. And he has uh, A.D. Mitchell coming over from Georgia. And um, he, he has Jordan Whittington. He has Isaiah Nair, who's actually going to be healthy this year. Uh, you haven't even Johnson named Cook, my... who's a, like, a, like a five-star guy. He has Jadavion Sanders. Any... There he is. Tight end. 
that's the one I was waiting for you to say. And it was like the sixth one. There's a lot of weapons yeah. there. <laughs> like, there's a dumb amount of weapons for Texas to uh, deploy this year for viewers to take advantage of. And I know that they're losing B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, but they're bringing in CJ back Baxter, who might be, you know, well, in my opinion, he is the best running back, uh, running back in this class. And, uh, you know, bring back a couple other options and Jonathan Brooks, Jaden blue, other guys that can contribute. So, really all across the board, they are just stacked on offense. And so when you're in your second full year in the system, bringing back a bunch of your key weapons and improving all of your weapons, uh, it's just, man, check, check, check. It just looks like the perfect situation for him to put to, together the absolute um, you know, 90th, 95th percentile level kind of season, analytically speaking, and he has all the traits. And yeah, so it's just – he might, and for him, like he might fit the bill where even if he's not perfect analytically speaking, just because he can, you know, quote unquote, spin it, yeah, <laughs> um, he gets capital anyway. So, yeah, uh, if, if anybody's going to, you know, surpass Will uh, Kay Williams and Drake May for draft capital, it's probably him. And I don't think that there's a single passer in all of college football that even has a chance other than Quinn Ewers to pass both of those guys. Yeah, and and he cut the mullet, so we know he's taking football seriously. Yeah, now, <laughs> now we know. Now, now he's serious. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so in most of my uh, leagues, most of my Debbie leagues, Quinn Ewers is already uh, already gone. Um, yeah, he's taken last year. So so who who's next? Who's the next guy? Um, is it? I'm gonna throw a couple names out there that that I could see kind of. Um, being in there, and you tell me where I'm wrong, and maybe who I forgot. Uh, but I could see uh, Michael Penix, KJ Jefferson, Kyle McCord, maybe taking over uh, at Ohio State. Um, maybe Jordan Travis, Bo Nix, maybe. Uh, am I forgetting anyone, or is there definitely someone that I just mentioned that should not be in that kind of next tier? Yeah, I mean, M- Michael Penix uh, is definitely up there. Um, Bo Nix, some people want to put him up there. Uh, Michael Penix, the only concern really with him is probably the medicals just because he's been hurt so many times. Like he makes missed back-to-back seasons. Um, I feel like he's really old. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like he's also very old. getting up there as well. He's He's been around. He's been playing uh, with uh, like full sample size of uh, work since I think 2019 is Indiana season, which was really good. Um, and so he's been around, but that's really the case for most of college football. Like there's over 40 starters yeah. in, in FBS, uh, college football that are in year five and beyond, uh, this year. So, yeah, uh, and not, not, not just year five, they're year six and year seven starters this year. <laughs> uh, so that's, it's, it's, it's a wild, you know, because, because of the extra COVID year eligibility, there's some old quarterbacks. So this is going to be that last year where a lot of those guys are running out of the, the extra eligibility. So it's going to get back to normal ish, but we, we have this uh, log jam of, of quarterback prospects that are all just really old and he's one of them, but um, the medicals are the really, really the only concern because if he gets a clear uh, bill of health and he has a year like he did last season, which was, you know, not, not quite Heisman worthy, but it was getting there. Uh, if he's on that kind of track again, he could definitely be uh, in the first round mix next year. I mean, I, there's a bunch of people, on podcasts that are like talking about, oh, could we see six quarterbacks in the first round next year? I'm not, not, I'm not one of those people. Uh, but there, he's he's somebody that to keep an eye on who could be the, the fourth quarterback or gets early day two uh, consideration if he has another season, even even with medicals. So could be in the the same boat where he, you know, even if something happens health wise again, he could be in the Hinton Hooker kind kind of mix uh, just because he's been uh, too good for too long. 
Yeah, and he's returning a lot of the same weapons at receiver. Oh yeah, um, one of the best right. wide receiver duos in the country with the Dunze yeah. and Jalen McMillan. So yeah, uh, you know, what do you think of Bo Nix personally? Because I know you, you're an Oregon fan. Yeah, uh, but like like I've seen a bunch of mocks where he's first rounder or up in the mix. Um, but I also, I, as an Auburn fan, <laughs> yeah. saw the the pre Oregon Bo Nix enough that it's hard for me to believe. Uh, that he is an NFL passer. Yeah, I don't think he is an NFL starter. I don't think he's, I I think he could be a really good career backup in the NFL. Um, I loved Ty Thompson so much that I feel like I never gave Bo Nix a chance. But just if you look at what he did, he was good last year. Uh, He was really, really good last year. And when he decided to come back, I was like, that's good for Oregon for next season. Um, I never, I feel like, I'm nervous about the future, but anyway, I think Bo Nix is not going to be an NFL starter, but I could see him sticking around like a chase Daniel type, you know, that's just around the NFL forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could see him getting some day two capital for sure. Um, yeah. You know, he was a five-star back in the day. And uh, so he has a lot of tools really. Um, I, I would love to see him have more success uh, kind of on later downs when things aren't going perfectly. Uh, and he, he did that at times, but not super consistently. And that shows up in a lot of uh, the advanced metrics for organs like per play and on, on like per down uh, breakdowns. But for me, like he does everything. He has the the dual threat ability. He had what 14 rushing touchdowns last year, almost 30 yeah. passing touchdowns. And so he could be in the mix for, for a uh, Heisman run. And if he is again, he's probably going to be a day two ish kind of uh, prospect, but um, you know, I'm not necessarily betting on him to be a long-term starter. I, I really am intrigued though what we can get out of Kyle McCord with Ohio state, because that offense uh, and defense, actually their defense more so this year is absolutely stacked. Like they're probably going to have the most first round picks in next year's NFL draft. And it might not be close. Like they could have like six That's so crazy. <laughs> things uh, and most of them on the, on the uh, defensive side of the ball. But he also has uh, his uh, former high school teammates and uh, son of hall of famer, Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, returning and Mecca Ibuka uh, returning at wide receiver who could also be a first round wide receiver next year. Uh, and, and he's got just a, a ridiculous wealth of talent around him. And Frebion Henderson are in the backfield. I even Cade Stover at tight end. Like there's just so many good players for McCord to dis- distribute the ball to. And uh, I know some people are saying, well, what about Devin Brown? He could be the starter for a quarterback. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I, I think at this point it's most likely going to be common McCord. Uh, Can I ask a quick, went. quick, yeah. selfish question? Because I have Devin Brown in some of these C to C leagues. Um, yeah. Do you think he ever takes a snap at quarterback or at Ohio State, or do you think he ends up transferring out? I, I think if he's wise, uh, he would just uh, if he does not start this year, and, and it seems that, that given how the spring went, and what, like he actually had a little, I think it was on his hand, an operate a little procedure on his hand. Like if he doesn't start this year, it would be rare to see him return. Uh, especially if Kyle McCord chooses to return next year. Right. Like if right. McCord doesn't have – and McCord, like, he could have a great year and just decide to declare, and then next year, okay, Devin Brown, you're the guy. Go for it. Uh, but if, if McCord has a really good year but decides to, you know, look, I'm probably not going to be a first-round pick. I'm going to come back to school, uh, add a second year of production, and then be a first-round pick if that happens. Um, and McCord doesn't lose the job at all, uh, Brown's going to transfer. Like yeah. there, there was only one quarterback in the entire country, like literally the entire country at any FBS level that um, had not uh, been entered the season as a primary starter 
um, after three years and been on the same team. Uh, there's not not one except for uh, Carson Beck. He was the only one. Oh, he's, wow. he's finally going to get a shot for Georgia in, in year four for him. But there was no other guy that did that. So in this yeah. era, we're just not seeing that happen. Like guys don't just stay because they're lo- loyal or whatever. They, they, they want to get on the field. They want to play. Yeah, they want to play. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if McCord has a good year and does not go, Brown's gone. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Um, so who's next? Uh, who who do you like? Uh, do you like KJ Jefferson at all? I know we've talked about him a little bit before in Arkansas. Uh, again, Rocket Sanders is there. They've had a pretty between the two of them. Their run game is ridiculous. Can he do enough yeah. throwing the ball um, to get drafted? I, I think in a, he in a meaningful drafted in a meaningful yeah, position I, for fantasy I think football. He, he's a, a prime guy that could be on that. Uh, that in that like fourth round range that we just saw that big quarterback run start this year. That was, it was kind of rare to, to see uh, the, the run for quarterback start that early. We typically see a bunch of teams throw a bunch of darts late, like, you know, maybe end of round five, but especially like round six, round seven. But um, I wonder how much of the, the Brock Purdy thing last year had right. to do with that team. Just like, look, we just got to get our guy that could be our Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, maybe he's that fourth round guy. He could be a day two guy just because he's massive. He, like he's, you know, he's super thick yeah. and, and he's actually not a super efficient runner. Like his EPA per play numbers aren't, aren't perfect. Um, but in terms of being a volume rusher and proving to, to have the frame to withstand uh, being a, a rusher, uh, mixing in with uh, a really solid arm. Yeah, I could see it. He hasn't played in super um, translatable uh, schemes uh, to date, but, um, you know, we'll see with uh with uh Danny Enos's scheme if, if that actually gives him a, a different look this year and uh gets him in position to um you know be an earlier pick but there's just so many quarterbacks this year that could be that it's hard to project him to be a an early round selection but I, I will say you know there, there are just several in the mix like JJ McCarthy was a five star who has tools uh Jalen Daniels was a ridiculous talent and uh you know before he kind of missed some time last year for Kansas I mean he could have an incredible year Whoever is quarterback for Alabama could be in the mix, you know, and and, and the list goes on. There's just so many uh, guys in the mix that could be that next man up, next big thing. Yeah, um, can I can I ask you about a couple more specific ones? Just to uh, absolutely, let's let's. Uh, I know there's one that you're just definitely <laughs> gonna bring up. Oh. Well, there's a few. There's a few. But are you talking about Shadur Sanders? Is that who you thought I was going to bring up? No, I was going to. We haven't even really talked about your boy Jordan Travis that much. So no, yeah, yeah. And I and I am curious about him because he. I mean, I think he barely. You, you mentioned if you're under six foot, you're probably not getting drafted, which is you know why I'm concerned about Dylan Gabriel. But we can not talk about him right now. Uh, but Jordan Travis, I think what is a six one maybe. Um, so kind of big enough he can move florida state seems to be ascending um again maybe maybe i'm drinking the kool-aid too much uh, but what do you think about jordan travis do you think he's someone that we should like like i've been taking a flyer on him um in like the the fourth round of debbie drafts fifth round of debbie drafts just in case it yeah. happens yeah i mean honestly i i, I just kind of saved him for later or not close to last because i wanted to talk him up a little bit because uh, two years ago, I think I was still doing some uh, weekly stuff and, and deep uh, like stats dives for uh, Solid Verbal, who does they do great work. Uh, Dan and Ty on the Solid Verbal podcast, great college football podcast, by the way. Uh, but I was I was trying to I was kind of arguing with uh, Ty about like how good Jordan Travis was because like they had not really 
spoken fondly of Florida State for a while, and they weren't sure that he was going to really get him there. But even in 2021, he was uh, – I just remember having conversations about, like, look, he's looking like he could be like an 85th percentile-ish kind of prospect, like right now, like in the middle of the season. And that actually held up. He was like an 85th percentile passer, um, like via pass efficiency profile work uh, in 2021, and jumped all the way up to 93rd percentile this last year. And he returns a bunch of weapons. He's he like entering act, what, I didn't realize – I didn't realize he had uh, surpassed the 90th percentile last year. That's great. Oh, he did. He did. And so. Oh, I'm uh, moving him up, a, baby. I'm moving him up. I know. Having two seasons at this level of play, entering the final year where he could, in theory, you know, have an even better season. Uh, man, sign sign me up. That's really intriguing. Uh, and to me, he's going to have, at the very least, he already has two uh, 85th percentile or better seasons, which is about the mark you want to look at uh, if you're trying to project at least day two draft capital. Uh, and so he's already cleared that now, and he has one more season. Have three seasons, perhaps above that mark, and uh, maybe have multiple seasons above the 90th percentile mark, which typically almost always means top 50-ish capital or better. Um, so a lot of a lot of signs point to man. If he actually puts it together, he could actually be that quarterback four. He could actually sneak into that quarterback three. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but he could be in that mix. And a lot of people are going to be surprised, and they probably shouldn't be. What would what will the knocks against him be? Will it be size because he's like two hundred pounds? Yeah, Barely. probably size and just uh, maybe like prototypical mechanics. Um, you know, I know, a lot of people will knock, you know, certain things when, when it comes to his pocket presence and, and pocket manipulation and uh, some footwork stuff at times. But uh, to me, like if you're just accurate, like you're accurate, <laughs> and he's proven mm-hmm. to be pretty deadly accurate and be an incredible dual threat for two seasons already. And he's about to have a third season under his belt that more than meet uh, minimum criteria. So like we're talking about a a player whose floor is absolutely already drafted. Like he's, he's, there's no scenario in in my mind where he's an undrafted kind of quarterback next year. Um, And there just aren't that many prospects that fall in line with that kind of projectability. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, Do you want to, dedicate this whole episode to quarterbacks and go a little bit deeper here or let's do you want do to jump let's, to let's do a next big thing at a couple other positions like on, on other shows because this is fun like we, i mean yeah. really breaking it down and talking about uh, several players Good. at each, each position because there's way more at running back and way more at wide receiver and yeah. even surprisingly there's some interesting tied in so yeah we'll just make this a series because i think it deserves it yeah well let me kind of lump this next group in together um they were the next big thing before they flopped <laughs> um, and, they've tra- and they've transferred out since. And I'm talking about DJ Uyunglele. I'm talking about Spencer Rattler in particular, uh, maybe to a certain level, um, even uh, uh, Spencer Sanders. But I think, you know, these are guys who uh, their freshman year, we were drafting them in Debbie leagues. Um, and uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on them because a lot of people have forgotten about them, but there's probably a pathway to them getting back um, in the good graces of NFL scouts and maybe getting some draft capital. And I'd like to see where you're at on that, on that idea, at least. Yeah. That small sample for DJ Uyangulale back in 2020 was so, so, so tempting for us all to just, uh, you, you know, and, and just United just annoy him as this next coming of quarterback prospects. And cause he looks so good. Like he was, I don't know, as a true freshman in uh, some key games against Notre Dame, Boston college, uh, put up like over 90th percentile marks uh, as a passer. But 
Um, he just didn't he did not ever do it again since then. Like I've never seen in all of my data data dating back to 2000, like I I've never seen such a, uh, a contrast from year one to year two. He, he, he literally dropped from 92nd percentile to eighth percentile in wow. 2021. Uh, and then, you mix it in with with this last year and it's it becomes even more confusing because he was like right at average um because he started off really strong and just kind of tailed off as he was in, in, inevitably uh benched for clemson uh but he was trending towards like you know more like 80th 80th percentile or so uh when he was like what 17 touchdowns to two interceptions to start the year last fall and so i don't know which dj you were gonna get uh at oregon state but oregon state is uh they were already a really good program, and if he actually puts it together uh, this year and looks like uh, freshman or early t- early twenty twenty two DJ, uh, we could have uh, an actually you know maybe a mid round pick on our hands. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be an early round selection because he has the tools, looks like it, but he would have to like put together just a burrow season to kind of get back in that mix because it's been his lows have been so low. Yeah. Now talk to me about Spencer Rattler because he showed some really fun flashes last year. Um, I forget that one. I forget who they were playing when they uh, South Carolina ended up upsetting them. He had yeah. like five touchdowns or something like that. Um, towards that was, the end that of the was year, a Tennessee but, game, actually. Oh sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was um, an absolute disaster that day uh, for for Tennessee. That's right. That's right. Um, and he loved it. Uh, but but what about Spencer Rattler? I know if. A lot of people like myself have him on quite a few rosters uh, from his freshman year when he was one of the top quarterbacks. He was a five star, and we were there was he was a, a no fail. He, like there was no way it wasn't going to work out uh, going to Oklahoma. Now he's at uh, he's with the Gamecocks. And what should our yeah? What what are your expectations? Do you think there's a realistic path to him? getting draft capital. And then you can just maybe tell me what I should do with him on places where I have him rostered. <laughs> At this point, you, you kind of have to hold a Spencer Rattler because you can't get fair value for what his upside could be. Cause somebody's just going to, some, somebody's just going to go fishing and see if they can yeah. get him as, as like a throw in level value. Uh, but really he's like tail of two halves should we be, kind of player last year. Should as well we be doing that? Should we be throwing yeah, out? I'd be go shopping. Uh, I'd be going shopping just to see if I can get, uh, you know, somebody for pennies. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tired of, of, uh, you know, having a roster spot or whatever rotting because it's been Spencer Rattler or DJU. But I think there's a little bit more promise with uh, Rattler for many people because uh, in his final five games last year, he actually threw 13 touchdowns to just three interceptions. Um, and that's like the best version of Rattler we've probably seen in his career other than maybe uh, 20, I don't know what, what year was that? 2019, maybe? Uh, 20, I don't know, 2020? It's just been a bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so there's there's hope for both those guys to get back in the mix because they have all the tools, like they they can, they can make every throw. Uh, they just uh, haven't put it together with with consistency. Uh, so um, they they just have to do it for a full year. Uh, that that's all there is to it. Because uh, yeah, they can't have them, a yeah they they can't they, afford they, to have a three game slip up or something like that. There, yeah, there's just the wiggle room for that kind of prospect is just not there. So. They're, they're going to profile like good enough physically, uh, but uh, not like on the level of just otherworldly like Richardson, uh, which was the only thing that really got him drafted uh, the way that he was. So, yeah, uh, they're going to have to put together a perfect season. Otherwise, 
they are going to be a miss. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, it, it is fun to just think of how many quarterbacks could hit this year and how many quarterbacks could be in the conversation because the list is very long and they're included. Yeah. Um, kind of this similar idea, but kind of a, maybe a tear down from what the expectations were. Um, can you talk to me about Spencer Sanders um, and Jaden Daniels, and maybe you can throw in Sam Hartman transferring over to Notre Dame, which could be uh, pretty exciting for, for that program. Does it, translate to anything uh fantasy football wise draft capital wise for any of these three I think, guys i think those guys they're probably day three kind of prospects at this point um San- sanders i'm not even sure he's gonna start but uh because really there's a, a few guys who could and it's probably right. still gonna be dark but uh hartman though is the one that, that intrigues me more than most because he's entering a system at notre dame that doesn't have a great outside like wide receiver talent necessarily. I had a couple guys who flashed in moments like Colsey, uh, Jaden, I think uh, did a couple of moments last year and has this spring, but uh, you know, styles is, you know, con- converting positions and they're not super depth uh, uh, deep at the wide receiver position, but scheme wise, this is kind of like a prove it year, like where he can go into a, a system that might uh, translate to the pros a little bit better that rather than the wake force, like long mesh, uh, you know, read type um, post snap read type play where they have a ton of time to kind of assess and schematically it's just a little bit easier on the quarterbacks uh, to put up bigger numbers uh, so going to Notre Dame if he proves it and, and is productive this year and leads Notre Dame to a 10 win season type, type play uh, he could be in the mix for um, you know probably round four-ish kind of capital but I, I wouldn't say he's like an early round selection for sure but that, that that's a really fun tier, especially for college fantasy purposes, because I think they all could do well if they are the guy this year. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on some of the incoming freshmen at quarterback. Um, I think Arch Manning is probably the one everyone knows about just because of his last name. And it's been, you know, all over ESPN and all that kind of stuff, like him committing. And we don't expect him to play this year, um, which is why you talked up Quinn Ewers like you did. Um, but outside of Arch Manning, uh, where do you think uh, we could look like in some of these deeper Debbie leagues or in a C to C league, uh, who are some quarterbacks we can look to uh, for, for the future? Yeah. I mean, Arch Manning, there's no surprise um, that he's not going to be the guy this year. And I know that there were a lot of people talking about how bad his spring game was and it was bad, uh, but we shouldn't really expect different. I know his last name's awesome, <laughs> uh, but he comes from a low level of competition in, in Louisiana and uh, you know, to jump up to the big boys and, and go play against a bunch of four and five star talents that are, you know, a good mix of them are actually going to be playing on Sunday soon. And you're actually still supposed to be a, a senior in high school, uh, right. like in spring, like it's not going to go great initially. So I'm not surprised. Uh, he, he will be good. Um, and I, I think that he will eventually be a draft pick. Uh, I'm not one that's, uh, you know, putting him in and slotting him into first rounds at this point, but he, he's a really good prospect and I'm not really necessarily sure he should be a five-star. Um, if his oh, name wow. wasn't Manning, uh, and I'm not sure he would be an absolute slam dunk five star. He's close. I think he's. It's just. It's really tough to profile like that coming out of high school, especially in a class that has so many other good passers in it. Um, like Dante Moore, you mentioned him uh, going to UCLA. Like he might be the most proven uh, big body prototypical uh, prospect of the bunch that I think can probably hit from day one if he's actually given the reins. Like Schley uh, transferred over to UCLA to maybe be the guy this year. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if Dante Moore is like the starter by midseason just because he's too freaking good. And uh, Shlee is, is stepping up to another level of play, and I'm not sure he's going to succeed at the same level. So, yeah, Moore would be really fun for me to, to see that, you know, that really one does hurt. Off. That one does hurt. Uh, no, it does because he was supposed fan. to go to Oregon. Oh, he's yeah, committed. Sorry, and then um, our boy, our boy, our uh, OC left, and um, which good for him going to Arizona State and getting that like 33 years old, getting the head coaching job. That's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Good for Dellingham. So um, uh, a couple other guys uh, who were highly recruited. And, and again, I, I don't know if I sometimes I feel like a simpleton because I'll I use recruiting profiles to kind of project my rankings sometimes for these incoming freshmen just because I don't know what else to go on. So maybe you can help me out. But um, if you look at the two four seven sports composite, number yeah. two is uh, Tennessee. You know Nico Iamalave. I can't say his last name very well, but um, Nico Iamalava. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he should be number two when looking at it from this perspective, like a C to C Debbie or fantasy football perspective? Yeah, he's up in that mix. I think uh, Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore are right now are one two for me. Uh, Nico will probably put up some silly stats whenever he has the quarterback for Tennessee, but systematically so in C to C leagues, that'll be get you a lot of points on the college side. Yes, it will for C to C leagues. It will definitely be a great thing because um, it's just really it's well, it's even easier for a couple specific wide receiver roles like you know the the, the Jalen Hyatt role uh, from last year, uh, who will probably be like that'll probably be like Squirrel White this year. Um, like that role is super easy to, to put up ridiculous numbers, but for the quarterbacks, it's not necessarily uh, a major problem, uh, but it also isn't super uh, translatable to the pros. So yeah, maybe yeah. There, there will be some questions I think with him, uh, regardless of how gaudy of numbers he puts up. Cause like people were questioning hidden hooker, even though he, you know, threw like 50 right. something touchdowns to five picks. Do you think Nico or uh, Milton starts this year at Tennessee? I think Milton, Milton does because yeah. he he can throw the ball over them there mountains, um, yeah. And he's he's really uh, he's a big body guy. He's a veteran, um, you know. He's he's been around since what he was class of twenty eighteen, uh, so this is like year six for him. Yeah. So um, he, if he doesn't have it figured out by now, he never will. Um, uh, he's lost. I mean, Milton has already lost two starting jobs. He he kind of won it for Michigan and and lost it like after three or four weeks. Uh, transferred to Tennessee and uh, had the job gifted to him because he was big um, and strong and lost it because he was bad and got dinged up. And he didn't know <laughs> um, so he's already lost two starting jobs before. Yeah. I wouldn't knock him, uh, if, you know, uh, for it again, I guess this bad, just cause it's like, he, he's just, his, the, the traits are there. Like I make, I make it sound like he's awful, uh, but the traits are there. He can chuck at 80 yards, whatever. Yeah, uh, and he had a, a really good Clemson game uh, in, the, in the bowl game this this past year. But uh, he basically has two, maybe three good starts ever. So uh, another player, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if they do start to struggle um, after the year they just had, uh, if if fans start clamoring for him to be on the bench because they're like, no, 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 we we're automatically we we're Tennessee. We need to be at ten wins, you know. Yeah, so, and let's let's see uh, what we can do with with the new guy. Do you think Malachi yeah. Nelson? You mentioned him for uh, for USC. Is it his job to to lose basically after Caleb Williams goes pro? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's yeah. There's no way he's not the guy uh, next year for sure. And the way that uh, Riley just commits to one quarterback at a time uh, via recruiting and via as a as a starter outside of the year with Rattler transitioning to Caleb Caleb, Caleb Williams because it's freaking Caleb Williams. Um, like he he's just going to stick with him and go with Nelson. So he's going to be the guy, and that that's why uh, I think a lot of people are really high on him because he's going to be. Lincoln Riley quarterback and he's gonna you know 
the, the assumption is he's, he's going to be an early, early draft pick because of it. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, proven track record to assume he's going to have a, a really solid future. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Jaden Rashada, Arizona state is another guy we mentioned, uh, that, that program with, uh, Dellingham coming over. Um, and then also Jackson Arnold for Oklahoma or some other of the big recruits. Uh, do you think either of them, like, is it too early? Is it more of a wait and see with those guys before we would use a Debbie pick on them? Yeah, or I think, you- I think Arnold's almost ready. Like he's, he's close. And you mentioned Gabriel just in passing earlier. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took his job. Uh, before the season's over, uh, if wow. Gabriel puts up what he did um, at times at UCF, no, he'll, he'll keep it. But Arnold uh, played against solid competition level um, and was a five-star kind of prospect for a couple years. Uh, he has all the traits. He could work in to be the, the starter right away or, or pretty soon as well. And Rashada, Pine is not good. Like he's Pine is not right. uh, a super like start, starter level college player. So I wouldn't be surprised if either work in and have success because people question Oklahoma's wide receivers, but they have a bunch of guys with pedigree and speed like Farouk yeah. is there. Brendan Thompson just transferred there and he might be even faster. Like they, they have some absolute speedsters there at Oklahoma and Arizona state has Badger and a, a couple other guys that are really good at white out actually. Like they, they, I think they just added Tyson from Colorado. So uh, there, there's some weapons there where a bunch of these young guys could break out. And I mean, we mentioned all these guys because this freshman class is I'll just put it on record. Like this is the best set of like quarterback recruits I've ever seen ever. Like, and it's probably top like seven or eight that we've talked about just now. Yeah. There's, there's not been another class that is this deep and this solid uh, just across the board. Like all the names we mentioned should probably be draft picks, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really deep group. Yeah. Did, did I forget anyone? Uh, any any other incoming freshman? That, uh, uh, Bazina at, at Clemson has, has the pedigree, and uh, he could be the guy after Klubnik or if Klubnik struggles. Um, that's that's just he's just kind of been forgotten because Klubnik is assumed to be a draft pick and going to be there for like two more years, and so he's got right. nothing to do anything. But if Klubnik, you know, is not the guy for whatever reason, you know, he could be uh, the guy that works up there. But more than likely, he transfers out <laughs> and gets this yeah. shot elsewhere. Um, but other than the top options, uh, no, those are, those are the guys. I, I, re- I also really like Pierce Clarkson, uh, who's going to Louisville. Um, he could be like the next uh, Malik Cunningham for them or Lamar Jackson for them. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily saying he's a prospect. It's just he's got the mobility and uh, he's also a prudent passer. So he, he's a little he's bit. From, he's also from St. John Bosco, right? He is. Same high school yeah. as DJ Uyunglele. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, just going back to, to looking at quarterbacks, big picture here. Um, anyone else you want to talk about? Any other names? Anything I uh, anyone I forgot to mention that you think is worthy? I'm sure people listening right now are like, you did mention and fill in their team's quarterback. But, There's so many. Um, I don't know. Like, what is, yeah, I mean, like, because we could, we could say a bunch of names and then I'll talk about one name that I really want to talk about. Okay. That? I love it. Okay. We haven't mentioned Tyler Van Dyke. We haven't mentioned Cameron yeah. Ward. <laughs> like you, you got him. Yeah, you got him. Grayson McCall for Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Uh, so some people like Riley Leonard because he, you know, did some good things with Duke. Uh, he has a long way to go before he, you know, proves to be a, an NFL passer. But I know some people like him. Shadur Sanders. Good luck, man. Like that roster is uh, still like Needs half work. a team. Um, and yeah, it's the over under is like what three and a half wins or something like that for Colorado I, this year. So I took over. Welcome to I FPS. took over three. I took over three wins at plus one hundred the other day. That's one of my first future bets for college football. Oh my gosh! 
yeah. Well, just and they'll be hard pressed three. to get to three this year. <laughs> well, um, that's. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> it, I mean, there's, it's it, it's rough, um, but we'll see. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you know it, it works out, but probably not. Uh, Devin Leary actually had a great year. Uh, I guess two years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, some people still like him. Jaden Daniels. Uh, some buzz about him just because he's he's got a lot of experience, like uh, against really solid competition. And mm-hmm. is he a perfect passer? No, but he's really mobile and fun, and has a bunch of starts against you know SEC and just you know took LSU to the SEC SEC championship last year. So um, he's tiny though. He's tiny. Yeah, he's almost. Yeah, he needs to add a little. I mean, he's tall. Way, but, He's, yeah, tall. he's tall. He's six too, three, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, anything's tall to me. I'm five foot two. I'm not really. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, it's he's he's got some tools. He's got some traits there. Michael Pratt at Tulane. I know a lot of programs really wanted him. Um, like bigger programs yeah. than Tulane wanted him, uh, so he could work out. But you know, he's he's probably a later later round guy, guy if if anything. But beyond that, like the name that I really want to talk about because. Um, you know, he was super buzzy draft week, but I had no time at all to even engage at all with that because I was working on NFL draft stuff for Mojo. Uh, Tyler Buckner, yes, <laughs> transfers over from Notre Dame, and uh, you know he's going to be in the mix at least to start or uh, you know be, be in the mix to start for Alabama this year because Alabama spring game happened and it was obvious it was that it was not it was not great. It was not great. Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson. Uh, did not look like, like the guys uh, this spring. And really, Milrow did not look like the guy last fall last either year. In, in, right. in his, in his uh, limited action. Uh, he's super toolsy. Maybe he figures it out um, and could be a, a draft pick one day. Um, but I, it's, it's really funny just listening to some people talk about uh, Buckner, whether it be Alabama podcasts or national uh, writers and podcasters. And um, Buckner's just a, a really fun story because – Throughout his, most of his college, uh, not college, high school career, like he was a five star, like he was a five star quarterback uh, recruit for much of that time, but he missed an entire year due to injury, and he missed an entire year because of COVID. COVID and yeah. California canceling all of you know high school football, moving some programs, moving it to the spring, of course. But he was already at Notre Dame in the spring of his, what would have been his senior year, so he he had like one absurd season that actually propped him up as an, inc- an incredible uh, prospect because he had like 58 passing touchdowns. Uh, he had uh, 1600 plus rushing yards. Uh, it was, it was one of the most ridiculous high school football seasons of any quarterback that I have on record ever. Um, and so it was one of the most ridiculous uh, things to really analyze because he didn't have a full uh, set of work coming in. And then he, as a, as a freshman, uh, you know, because Brian Kelly is Brian Kelly uh, decided to stick with the older veteran um, and, you know, inserted Buckner at times, but even then he was uh, struggling with health that year, last year, he's the guy, but struggles with health again and uh, misses almost the whole year. And so he, we're working with this, this incomplete resume of what could be a five-star prospect. Uh, but, uh, and then he puts together a really good showing in the bowl game to, to say, Hey, I could be the guy next year. But then Sam Hartman comes in, and uh, obviously a, a program is going to go with like a six-year starter, yeah, uh, over a guy who has just struggled with health um, and is less of a sure thing and is transitioning uh, coaching staffs. Uh, so they went with the safer option in uh, Sam Hartman, and Buckner's gone. 
Buckner follows his offensive coordinator to Alabama and uh, is probably hands down, in my opinion, the the highest upside guy in terms of a passer um, passing profile and might be almost as good of a rusher uh, as Jalen Milrow is. So he offers, in my mind, everything that Simpson you want to Simpson to be as a passer, at least in a smaller sample size, um, and and in terms of upside and ability, and then his his mobility is is just a hair below that of Jalen Milrow. Uh, so to me, he's like the best of both worlds. So I don't see why he doesn't open the season as the starter. And if he does for Alabama, and he keeps that job for an entire year and somehow stays healthy, um, he could be the guy that comes out of absolutely freaking nowhere for many. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be for me because like I've, I've had him rostered for three years already in some nerdy leagues, but uh, he could be that guy that comes out of nowhere and is the next big thing. And uh, everyone's surprised and we shouldn't be at all. Right. I love it. That's going to be awesome. Well, this has been really good. I'm uh, glad we're able to sit down and, and talk through all these uh, quarterbacks. I'm guessing we set it up. So we'll be back next week uh, or so talking about running backs and then we'll do wide receivers and uh, it'll be, it'll be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, Travis, thank you as always. Again, give us a like and subscribe and follow and all that good stuff. Again, you can follow uh, us on Twitter. I'm at stay fun and you can find Travis on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back with you in the future. Nice.